to Business Scale Insights with Kimberly Marie Bonner. Listen for commentary, interviews, and information on how to grow your business. For all the details, contact BusinessScaleInsightsNetwork.com. So, Empire Builders, are you ready? Here's Kimberly Marie Bonner. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Business Scale Insights. My name is Kim Bonner, your host, and today we are talking about uh, really creating resilient leaders. And this is part two of a podcast series that I'm focusing on, on resilience generally. And I'm so excited that Thomas Gordon of Taga Consulting uh, has decided to spend yet another episode with me, uh, really unpacking what resilience means and what it and what really resilient leadership looks like. So thank you so much, Thomas, for, for speaking with us today. And greetings, and I appreciate, as always, your invitation to join you and look forward to it. Um, let's dive in. Awesome, awesome. For those of you who did not listen to the first episode, number one, I highly suggest that you listen to it. It was so rich. It was so filled with so many gems that you really do need to listen to it to really understand, you know, who Thomas is and really the breadth and depth of the information that we unpack for you in that first um, episode. Um, so that said, uh, for those of you who are not going to listen to me and are going to rebel, I want Thomas to reintroduce himself to you and what his background and Taka Consulting and what that's all about. Well, I'm Thomas A. Gordon, and I lead a consulting firm uh, that is based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but operates nationwide. We specialize in leadership and organizational development, both uh, diagnostics and culture building, team building, strategy development. And of course, we deal with the topic of change and responding to change, which gets us into resilience. Um, and so you'll hear the word Taga Consulting. It just stands for Thomas A. Gordon Associates. Uh, you're speaking to me today from Philadelphia, but we could be anywhere in the nation at any point. And I'm a uh, licensed psychologist by training. I have had a career as a college professor. I've worked at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital Community Mental Health uh, Center uh, in the Department of Psychiatry, where I shifted from teaching about people to applied psychology, really helping persons and populations stay healthy and get better and recover, which is another form of resilience. And now I'm in private practice. And this private practice, I have a pool of diverse consultants that work with me on various topics of uh, leadership and organizational challenges and how to bring about solutions to those challenges. You are the perfect person to have talk about resilience, particularly because of your background with psychology and applied psychology um, and leadership. I just think that is so critical today because uh, I every time I, I look at the news, Tom, and, and, yep. and just whew, uh, open up my social media feed. It is really overwhelming. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Just, got, just got new news that the Postal Service is being uh, really Hij dismantled, hijacked. hijacked. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, you know, let's just take, whoo, let's just take the whole election yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. off. Let's just take the, the election itself off. If you are a small business person right now, <laughs> Or if you are an elderly person yep. um, waiting on a check, uh, yep. social security check, the mindset and the psychological stress and trauma of this time is unprecedented. Yes. And yes. I just think we just need to just take a moment and deal with that elephant in the middle of the room because, mm -hmm. you know, normally I would be, there, there are some things that have been positive. We, we've just heard an announcement about, you know, Kamala Harris, whether you like yes. her or hate her, right. that's a wonderful fact that we have someone with her background right, right, being able to become the vice president possibly of the United States. 
under normal circumstances, Thomas, we should, that should make, that should have made my week. Yeah. <laughs> even, even if hypothetically I wasn't going to vote for her, that's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a big deal. But yes. um, let's talk about how tangibly, how we can help people and leaders um, develop a resilient mindset um, for this time. Yes, yes. Because I'm almost breathless. It's taken my breath away. Yep, yep. On a regular basis. On a regular basis. See, that's that's very important. It's just, it's, it's happening over and over again. And, you know, just to pause, I think you're right in terms of just pausing and put this in perspective. We have a challenge that has been amplified and and intensified by the technology and the changes in the world in terms of the speed of communication and the the types of things that are showing us what a small small planet we live on and how we're interdependent and that a virus that happens in one part of the world just like a breakdown in the nuclear plant in one part of the world you know within a week or a few weeks the uh, the toxic materials are all over the world. So one of the things about human beings is that we struggle with uncertainty and we struggle with uh, lack of control because that <laughs> affects our ability to have certainty. We struggle with unprecedented things where we're not familiar with how to just apply a formulaic solution. And we struggle with our significance, you know, who are we and what power do we have to bring about more certainty and bring about more control and bring about more solutions. So a lot of what we're experiencing is built into the way the human being thinks. And therefore, you use the right word, investing in a, a, a mindset that matches the challenges of 2020 living because, you know, we didn't used to have cell phones to document public murder of yes. black people. Yes. You know, and, and, you know, the people that are being murdered have said all along, we're being over-policed and you're crashing into our homes without warrants and you're doing things illegal. But we didn't have the technology to bring it close up. But yes. by the same token, if you are bombarded 24-7 with uh, 450 television stations, uh, and you see things over and over again, you know, our, our brains are going to be challenged because we weren't wired to uh, take that kind of stimulation with that kind of uncertainty uh, and, and, and be comfortable with it. So it, it boils down to, I want to assure you, you're still brilliant and a genius and off the charts and you're not abnormal or subnormal. You're very much in range that you would feel some stress under this uh, set of conditions. And with stress comes fear sometimes and also comes cortisol and, and bad things to your body. So we have to support ourselves in a time of unprecedented change and stress. You don't ever eliminate it because the only way to live like that is you'd have to be in a bubble suit inside of a vacuum tube <laughs> where nothing is happening. And it turns out if you do experiments with human beings and try to put them in bubble suits inside of places with low stimulation, they actually start hallucinating and making up stimulation uh, because they get bored and then they get goofy after a while. So we're this funny kind of life form that needs some challenges and stress and up to a certain point. And we got to support ourselves beyond that point. Otherwise, it becomes. How do we how do how do leaders right now support a resilient mindset like what are some i want to get really really practical because you know it's one thing to have to your point um the uh, the deluge of seeing murders of just unarmed black people on a regular basis right but now but now add on top of that you know the images of people dying from COVID nineteen. You right. know whether right. it's whether it's babies or grandma and grandpa or entire right. families being wiped out, and then the economy 
the equivalent of like bread lines that we had in South Florida for a minute. So yeah, how, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. So yeah. how do we, what are the practical go-tos that leaders can implement today after they listen to this broadcast? What can they start to do to kind of support their mind as they walk through these unprecedented times? Yeah. So you started with the first practical thing that many people in the audience might think is conceptual and abstract, but it turns out we don't get very far unless we bring our optimal or best mind to whatever set of challenges we are addressing. So you already have used the first component of a response, which is you, you're thinking globally and you're acting locally, but you're going to protect your best mind. Now, one way to do that is to put in perspective uh, who you are and this moment, because uh, human beings personally and collectively have faced problems before. And we have all uh, uh, found ways to uh, solve some of those problems, never without cost, never without some casualties. But we have a long track record because 98% of all the things on the planet are really no longer around. They could not resiliently respond, predict, respond uh, to certain kinds of disruptions or cataclysmic challenges. So one is your mindset that we are going to be responsive we're, to the extent possible. We're going to be pro proactively uh, addressing some things and uh, trying to prevent some of the downside costs. But our minds are very, very key. And in, in the sense of that, you want to feed your mind with healthy, nutritious thoughts because you, you're literally, as a human being, uh, always vulnerable to your thinking. This is a, no other life form, no goldfish or catfish or whatever a pet uh, is thinking about itself. So you're, you're one thought away from actually putting yourself in a downward spiral if you start thinking too much about the problems and not about solutions. So one practical tip, uh, we coach people to you know, give about one third of their time to the analysis of the problem and, 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 and two thirds of their time to actually doing something that comes from a certain mindset, which is leaders are always trying to advance the life success of themselves and the people that they serve. So you're looking at analyzing some of your problems and challenges in your terrain, but you're spending most of your time looking at your vision uh, and your solution sets. So your vision of what needs to happen in order to preserve and advance your life and the life of others uh, needs to be part of the discussion, not sitting around uh, just talking about the problems. A lot of businesses are in danger of going under. A lot of towns may go under. A lot of yes. colleges may go yes. under. You know? <laughs> so we know that there's serious dangers yes. all around us, but it just turns out if you don't think and allocate your best energy to part problem analysis, but most of it to vision of life in this new terrain and creating strategies and solutions to get to that vision, then you won't get very far. You'll have all the problems around you, plus you spent most of your energy in semi-victim mode. Okay, I love that. I wanna pause there because yeah. I think, um, this is worth everything. This is a multi-billion dollar uh, gem that you've just dropped for a lot of people. Okay. Period. Go on the so, score. Yep. <laughs> let, me, let me hear it. Play it back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so this idea that, you know, our mindsets are critical and as leaders, as resilient leaders, uh, we need to focus on obviously reality, yep. which is, Facing the problem head yep. on as not putting your head in the sand, not living in denial. Yep. Um, but two thirds of our time needs to be focused on solution. And what I love that you said was a vision of life. Yep. Uh, particularly maybe in this new normal. Now, let can we role play for a second? Can Go. you become, I want you to 
unpack that as a small business owner, perhaps as a black or minority right. female, whatever it is, a small business owner, leader in a community that let's say is being hit on every side. Right. So what does that look like practically for that person? So practically speaking, if that person, let's say I'm the leader of some enterprise and I've got uh, a group of either allies or team members that we're endeavoring to stay alive, stay afloat. And ideally we have uh, anticipated that all times won't be smooth and linear and upward. So we have some cushion, what old folks, our grandparents used to talk about, you know, some some cushion uh, in your life. So you're not yes. just that, you know, bare bones all the time. So say, say you have some reserves of some cushions to allow you the space to think. So now let's say we have a, a two hour meeting. What I'm saying as a template is you look at the clock and you don't let uh, more than one third of that time go by where you're talking about and complaining about problems. What we have to do is to actually facilitate a movement to envisioning because the great thing about the human being is once we can start reigniting our imagination, we're beginning to be powerful again. Yeah. And it turns out that you need some problem analysis and identification, but you need somebody in the room to lead the group to success. And if I really got a team around me, we're not going to all be depressed on the same day, <laughs> right? At the right, same right. moment, exactly. And if and if I'm smart, I'm not going to practice imperial leadership where people are afraid to share their best thinking. And I'm going to have to part of your mindset contribution you made earlier is I'm going to have to unlearn some things that I was taught about leadership is not a privilege and position power. It's actually about creating space and energy where people rally around a challenge and give you their best thinking and their best energy. So in that sense, I'm looking at one third of the time maximum. If we can do it in less, I don't want that energy being used up on just uh, historical problem identification or bemoaning the impact or cost of the current state of problems. I'm literally going to shift that meeting to, and what would victory look like? What would in this terrain? And let's say we have to move to virtual uh, platforms. What will that look like? Because just the gap between the current problems and the gap between those problems and the imagined future is exactly what I want as a leader to get people to rally around closing that gap. And if I stay too long on just the problem, I never create the clear gap. Once I get people imagining a vision of greatness, now we can talk about our readiness to advance toward that vision and our unreadiness. And maybe let's say only one of us speaks Spanish and only one of us knows IT and digital platforms, but that shows we've got some vulnerabilities on uh, you know, a certain language front and also on digital age technology. Now we can start talking about what are our strengths and our weaknesses? What are our opportunities in the marketplace? to close this gap. And leaders are always closing gaps and empowering people to assist in being precise about the timing of that. So to me, that's an example where we actually go into mode. And maybe in that meeting, we've got stakeholders from the Chamber of Commerce, or we've got people from the uh, healthcare industry or from business or from clergy. We decide who are the right people for the right conversations. But as a template, we're always going to tilt that template toward mindset, we're going to win. We're going to win together by stacking our, our uh, uh, brains and our best energy. We're going to model that. So as a model, I would uh, work on my own biases so that I don't do like a lot of leaders, pick favorites and play favorites in organization. That's one of our big danger points. We, we practice habits of exclusion. And as soon as people don't smile and put honey in our ears with what they say, we start not liking their diversity. So we actually start shutting them down and marginalizing them uh, at small level or at big levels, all the way up to murdering people who we've been taught are different than us. Uh, so I'm going to model that kind of 
uh, poise. I'm going to model that, that desire for collective honesty. I'm going to model when we drift and say, hold time out. Let's, re- let's course correct. Um, I'm going to even model the la- language of empowerment. And for the audience today and uh, on this call, I'm going to say from here on out, let's not ever, ever, ever call black people or brown people or people of color minorities. That's true. That's a that's a a false word in terms of the demographics globally, and it's a that's very, the truth. They're becoming a, the, the majority. Exactly, and it's a code word for uh, some nasty things that were addressed under affirmative action, and the only people that that can get away with using that word are lawyers and people in human resources uh, who have to use it to deal with some of the the United States regulations, uh, but it doesn't have anything to do with creating a resilient organization. You don't want people sitting in a chair thinking they're a minority. No, we are global citizens doing business with a certain mission and purpose serving certain audiences. And we have an aspiration to be, uh, have some sort of impact and footprint in the marketplace and in the world. So I've got to model that by having brilliant people around me from different pedigrees and backgrounds and stop playing exclusionary games. Uh, you have people now that are uh, still working on leadership teams and everybody on the team is white and male except for maybe one white woman. That doesn't make any sense. In a global game, you're looking for the greatest people and you would know if you open up your pool of consideration for searching for great talent, you would have to bring into that pool people from different backgrounds. They wouldn't all visually look like the people who got there first. You know, the, the funny part about it is that you even see that not just within organizations, but let's say when we're talking about dealing in, and this is my um, wheelhouse, small yeah. businesses. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Small businesses across the board. Nine times out of 10, when a government, whether it's a local government or state or federal government, what they talk about small business solutions they don't, they're not talking about mom and pops. They're not talking about the ones that have the greatest. They're not reaching out and getting those people to the table right. to find out what do you need from us? Right. 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 Um, they go to these larger organizations, these larger corporations that really don't reflect the problem that they're, they're claiming that they want to solve. Exactly. So, so it's it, the level of, I don't want to say insanity because I am not a, I don't have your background, but there is a I'll level, there's a, <laughs> such a level of cognitive dis- dissonance right. when it comes right. to saying that we're going to address a problem and having the people who are most disparately impacted, like you say, okay, I'm going to address the, the small business problems and not allowing anybody who is a small business owner a seat at the table to say, this is what our problems are. Please listen to us. This is, this is, this is what we're dealing with now. Right. And um, right. Right. I, it goes to your point about, you know, when we're trying, we're trying to develop solutions and we're assembling our team, we need to have people sitting at the table who are somewhat adept or have some level of a tool set <laughs> that they bring to the table to fix the problem. So to your point, if we're going to have, we're, we're talk, one third of our time is spent at what the problem is. Two thirds of our time should be spent on the, the solutions. Well, everybody at the table to your point about this team and modeling, if you don't have in your tool set, whether it's experientially or gifts, a gift mix, the tools to help us pick, fix the problem, you shouldn't be there. And that just what I'm finding, that's one of our Achilles heels in leadership. Absolutely it is. And because it takes some sacrifice of the bad habits that a lot of leaders were raised on. So now your first concept which is both conceptual and practical, was the leadership uh, must adopt a mindset of we're in it to win it. Yes. Not to be self-serving or to do a lot of pre- a dance of pretense. Now, your second word to start with M is modeling because 
it turns out human beings trust some of what you say, but they pay a lot of te- attention to what you do yes. and what you deliver. Absolutely. Earlier, I said we had to unlearn because we're one thought away from drifting off of what's best into a downward spiral. We have to unlearn orchestrated exclusion of human beings on the planet that have gifts and talents and resources that could help us win. Yes. And you've seen this in every arena, sports, yes. business. I was, I was hoping you'd talk about sports. Yeah, that's yeah. massive. Yeah, you that's see massive. it. That's massive. So we've got to start modeling that we're ready to win. And given the world and its diversity and the challenges we're facing, you can't just outright play a game and, and a rig game and be disingenuous and say, well, I'm all yes. for small business. Uh, being impacted, but none of them are represented upstream <laughs> in the conversation. Now, this is called lying. This is called lying. This is called lying. So I'm glad that? you can say that. I'm yeah. glad, I'm, I want you to say it because I've been saying it to myself for a while. Right. Then, so the, re- the reason people I are call playing it, a game, people are playing a game, but it's yeah. the kind of games that you know, you know, my grandparents would say something about. They're playing exactly. a game, exactly. but it's, it's not. It's not what we're talking about. It's a rig game. Our grandparents would call it, <laughs> and and they would say, "Okay, they, somebody's speaking with a forked tongue." Yes. So the reason I don't call them insane is I actually think they're doing it. It's not that they're crazy. They're doing it out of cultivated, uh, conditioned. Uh, dependent and often mindless following. So one of the problems with leaders today is that one, they've bought into a notion of power over people. Two, most of them are compliant followers. They're not really leaders. They're just, just following and they get excited about trinkets and toys and position power and lying. Then, you know, we promise not to go to the election because that'll be five podcasts to talk about that. But, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but you can look at the way some of the uh, the uh, payroll protection loans were handed out yes. so that the, you know, certain religious churches got seven million dollars <laughs> and they called them a small organization. They called them a small the Roman Catholic church. Yeah, not. And my daddy was a car carrying member of that that organization. And he would have been the first to say, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. No. So your point of power is upstream definitions and defining what you're talking about. So when we talk about resilient leadership, we're talking about leaders that actually can be depressed by some disruption. They can be jostled. They can be thrown off their path. They can be knocked down. But they're going to what? Resiliently bounce back to leap forward and to be better for the lessons of having been knocked off of their course or knocked down. So as long as you're knocked down seven times and you get up eight, but you're smarter, you you keep your receipts, then you're saying, okay, what do I need to learn? Well, one of the things you need to learn is, we just named it integrity. Some people come to me and they say, well, Tom, I was sorry to screw you. You know, you, I, I, I did something that was, that was a horrible from integrity standpoint, but I, I hope you can forgive me, Tom. It was just business. And I was sitting there thinking, what planet are they operating on where they can just get away with destroying relationships and doing things with no integrity and it not come back to bite all of us? So at some point, we've got to actually upgrade the notion of what it means to be a leader and it means to be an ethical leader, a leader with an ethical compass so that we start modeling the people, we're open to the world's talent. And, you know, in my, in my consulting firm, I have people of different backgrounds and ages and sexual orientations and gender specifics and race, et cetera, because I've got to be ready to work with people with different talents. Some of them are lawyers and some of them are psychologists and some of them are, you know, different uh, educational pathways. But you have to be open to the world's talent. And so with mindset comes modeling. And next comes messaging to people and you send people a message that in what we're doing we have put the people at the table who can actually help shape the defining of the challenges and the vision of greatness and the strategies from their diverse vantage points then we're not playing a rigged game and we're going to send a message that we're going to listen to people almost as if they are divine so that you stop dismissing 
perspective, but actually listen to it. And we're going to send a message that the best idea wins. This isn't about oh, rank. I this, love this. This isn't I about love rank. This. The best idea wins. I love that. This is, okay. I have to interrupt you. Go. For those of us who come from an innovation background. Yes. Okay. Yes. And if you, if you have been in that space at all, this, this has to be your plumb line. Got to be. The, the, the best ideas, whether they come from the person who, uh, the janitorial staff, and I'm serious about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the administrative assistant, uh, uh, or the, the, the vice president or the president, or obviously the customer, whoever, wherever that great idea comes from, we should not, um, how, how we should, we should not get caught up in the origin of the brilliance. Exactly. Exactly. We should we should rec- listen to it, and I love that that nugget as if it is divine. Because many times, the gems of the earth are packaged in a very unattractive package. Teach, teach, teach. It might look ugly. Teach. It might look horrible, but in within that within that package, you unpack it, and a billion dollar concept has been given to you, but because it doesn't look or it's not dressed up in a package, it's maybe it's an uneducated package, or maybe it's a package that doesn't speak the same way, or maybe it's in a literally another language and you have to get a translator. Exactly. But the bottom line is, if you don't get this mindset, I hate to say it, if you don't get this mindset and you're trying to innovate and you're trying to disrupt but more, more importantly than all of it, you're trying to innovate and become a market leader. If you don't get this, you might as well hang it up. Yes. And you might as well just expect for the rest of your days that you will be a micro business, you will be a small business, you will never scale, and you will never have world dominance because you can't handle the truth in whatever package. And the truth, obviously, when I say the truth, I mean Whatever that gem of an idea is, wherever it comes from, whether it's the United States or in some small country on the other side of the world that doesn't even speak your language, you better get ready because people, I'm sorry, this is the Achilles heel of a lot of businesses in America. Right. You got to get past this. You got to get past it. Otherwise, you're flat footed and out of position. And you're going to be obsolete in a world where everything is speeding up. So you don't have the luxury of playing in slow motion. You have to play at the speed of business and the way the world is going. So you and I are on the same page. Now, suppose you and I are leading an organization. We're going to message this to folks that whatever comfortable perch or orbit that you thought you were in, we're going to play your speech back because it's just beautiful because you're saying our future is in disrupting that comfort and handling the truth of the best idea. Now, notice with innovation and disruption, you want diversity. Yes. You don't want to have everybody clone and have the same background, the same lenses, right? Now, next, you've got to work respect for and value for perspectives so you don't pocket veto what people bring out or subtly marginalize people, et cetera. Now, look at the breakthrough, transformative breakthrough of what you just said. We, we now would have a culture where maybe that little bit of mud and ugliness comes in the form of a mistake or error that somebody made. And rather than be traditional and marginalize and shame and blame and point fingers and have a divisive polarization in organization, we now send the people the message that, you know what, we're going to be as confident as we can be, but we're going to be wrong sometimes. And we want to be wrong often and quickly and recover fast. So now we're going to incentivize people to tell the truth because we can handle the truth. Adults come to work and hide out and delay sharing that they made a mistake because they don't want to get hammered. Listen, Thomas, let me tell you something. Oh, my God. We could have a whole college course in this because don't get me started. This is the this is the cult, the culture of some of the most innovative 
uh, ecosystems, whether it's Silicon Valley or Seattle, Washington, but let's say the left side yeah. of the country, yeah. the west side of yeah. the country, yeah. is a fail fast, fail off. Not saying that I agree yeah. with that in total, but it is a fail fast, fail often, move fast, break things. Yes. This false idea, this false God, this idol that people have, and it's a lie that the that the best ideas in business come without failure is abject a lie. It's exactly. a total lie. Exactly. It is a total lie. It, in growth, people make mistakes. But the bottom line is it's it's like looking at a at a Michael Jordan, let's say, who has an innate gift in high school, right? Right. And he made some mistakes and didn't he get cut from the team yes. initially? Yes. Okay. Yes. So he got yes. cut from the team, but somebody must have whispered into his ear, keep it up, you That's know, right. try next year. Bounce back. Okay. Bounce, Bounce back. back. There you go. Yeah, there right. the resilience. The resilience. That resilient mindset. So right. You probably he probably made some a lot of mistakes. Maybe he t- made too many turnovers, too many travels. You but could he worked you could, at it. You could right? Google him and see how many shots he missed. Exactly, exactly. But can yeah. you imagine the buffoonery of somebody today saying because Michael Jordan made mistakes? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna early on in his career. We're gonna exclude him from. Come on, come on. Come on, people. Do you no. know how crazy that sounds? Yeah, exactly right. So, and now I want to underscore a word you just put into the room that I want people to get. You just said, we have a choice now to look in the mirror and call ourselves insane because <laughs> unlike any life form, we're not trying to preserve, advance, and amplify our living by actually being open to the progressive clarification of what's really going on and where we need to go with it. So you're saying, wow, either I got to call you insane or <laughs> I got to call you a liar. Pretty I got to call you a liar that you have all this pretty marketing plaques and billboards and brochures about how you want to win, but you're not ready to model that or to message and message doesn't mean what you put on the brochure. Because human beings look at all behavior as communications. There's no such thing as a lack of communications with people. So it goes to how do you pay people? How do you say good morning to them in the hallway? How do you handle somebody who made an error and said, thank you for busting open our comfortable myth that such a, a, a strategy would work? Thank you. So you actually get people excited to come to the meeting because you have a culture where we spend time on learning the best from hitting a target or from being off a bullseye. That's a whole different kind of way of leading people. It says that they are indispensable and that we can bounce back to leap forward if we're willing to let go of, and this is the word you just introduced. I want the audience to get this. If we're willing to let go of idol worship, idol worship, that we end up having a model in our head oh, and, God. and the scoreboard is how much oh. money I made or whatever. And we have a picture of something and don't get me started on the historical of a white Jesus by white people who were colonizing and enslaving black people. That would be another podcast in and of itself. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm just thinking, wow, you really hit something because people are like fish swimming in a cultural stream and they don't know how wet they are in terms of worshiping certain approaches yes. to who's a good leader and who's not. Yes. So imagine if we had leaders that were actually saying to people, it's honorable to talk about what you're doing, whether you hit the target or you drifted off a bullseye and what is hostile and will not be tolerated in our culture is hiding and delaying truth-telling. Oh, now, now, suppose you actually rewarded people. Uh, a couple of years, I gave bonuses to people who made some mistakes, but they came forward with the truth in our organization because I was trying to send people that message, and I've let go of people who are playing a lot of pretense games because, wait a minute, our pretense is what's going to kill us. I agree. 
Well, Those I are... we I, we could go on for like five more hours easily <laughs> talking about this. Easily, but I only I have a limited amount of time. Okay, I wanted to. How much time? I wanted we got? to. Well, not that much. <laughs> okay. So right. I I I wanted to condense what you were talking about as far as creating resilient leaders. Here's the core. Some of the core takeaways. The necessity of um, developing that mindset, yes. the modeling, um, and the messaging, the three M's. Yes. I think yes. people, if we could reduce our podcast episode into that, really nail that and re-listen to this podcast episode because there's a lot here that as a leader you you need because what we're saying, if I might be so bold, is beyond countercultural that what we're talking about thomas is revolutionary yep. because we're talking about kind of like it's orwellian you know in a time of rampant lying telling the truth yep. what is a revolutionary act yes and yes. so yes. what what you and i are talking about is is beyond reformation yeah it's truly a disruptive yes move yes and, and, However, mm-hmm. in order to do that and sustain it when you are in a culture across the board, across the board, that has really, um, uh, really become comfortable with the state of being of whatever half-truths, lies, yeah. deception, Status mythology. Quo. Status quo. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You need someone like um, Tonga Consulting and you in particular to help uh, businesses reorient themselves and get and reorient to truth or that North star, or if I'm flying a plane, my instruments have to be pointed a certain way. I can't be focused on the weather outside. The weather outside right now in America is, is incredibly uh, dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't be focused on that. I have to be focused on some precision instruments that will tell me where due north is and east and west and south is. And I have to govern myself accordingly. Yes. I think that's where people like you and Taka Consulting can come alongside of individuals and organizations and get them traveling um, a, a path that is truthful yep. and that has integrity. Yes. And so if people want to, well, for, so I said that, do you want to add anything else before I give you the opportunity to make the call to action and really talk about your services in more detail? No, I, I want to underscore what you said, which is you're talking about a strategic vector or strategic direction and having some guidance to uh, an assistance of, of a consultant resource to assist you with strategic direction and building the allies uh, internally and externally, uh, building the energy and the momentum to advance on that direction is often very helpful to have a coach or a consultant or a guide with you. No different than trying to learn music or playing chess or anything else. Yes. Because you are yes. talking about a revolutionary or transformative change in the way we've all, all been taught or exposed to yes. being leaders. You're talking about a systemic transformative change. Yes. And the three M's mindset, modeling and messaging. Let people know that we're talking not about words on a brochure. You're you're sending messages every moment. A leader has to have a conscious tongue, your reward system, your systems of opportunity and learning, the 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 cultural symbols, all of them have to uh, reinforce your core values. So. This is this is why it's so so significant. You're really talking about something sustainable, not just episodic and cosmetic. And that's where the integrity piece kicks in. Now it turns out if you want to do business on this planet, you're gonna need some way to not be distracted when the weather is bad and there's sandstorms all around. Yes. And when you don't uh have a smooth, <laughs> easy time of it. A basketball game is not. Uh, speaking of Michael Jordan, is not a game where you shoot all free throws with no one guarding <laughs> you. Sometimes you get punched in the mouth. Yes. And so you often need uh, external guidance, support, and energy from external consultants. And uh, you need a systems 
uh, mindset for the long haul. You're in it for the long haul, and there will be things to challenge your existence. But if you truly want to live, you and I today are talking about idol worship is not the path. That's not going to save you. Faith in idols is not going to save you, but your faith in what we can do personally and collectively stacking our best capabilities, our optimal thinking, that kind of faith, if fueled by some real accountabilities where we own what we come up with and start executing to it, can make all the difference in the world. Faith in the output, <laughs> I will quote um, my mom to okay. a certain degree. That's a good, um, good. Faith in a, a, a bunch of lies is not going to lead you anywhere. And when we're talking about these um, aisles, that's what we're talking about. But faith in uh, objective truth. Now you're talking. Is going, is, yes. Now you're talking. Now, now you're talking. Yeah. And, and we have to, as a society, decide what we're going to believe. <laughs> oh, boy. Are, are oh, you boy. Going, are you going to believe a whole lot of lies? Teach. To make yourself maybe, I don't know, Teach. make yourself feel comfortable? Or what? are we going to believe in the truth? And the truth is uncomfortable. Thomas, the truth about yourself yeah. is uncomfortable. Everybody. The truth about myself yeah. is very uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a painful process. But that's what grown folk do. That's oh. what healthy, mature people do. Yeah. yeah. And we have to, as a country, it's not, the, the, the latter is not working. Um, just, you know, you know, taking a steady diet of a whole lot of lies. How's it working for us, Thomas? Yeah, great questions. I, I love your leadership because leaders ask great questions. See, that's another habit we'll have to develop. People get afraid of interrogating the status quo because they don't want to be outed. You're saying bring it. Let's look at well, all of I mean, it. How can you how can you move forward if you just we're just swimming in a, in, in a sea of lies? Exactly. How in the world are we going to progress with this? You're not. The game was rigged so that a few people could prosper and most people were view, viewed as idiots. And this, this even predates the 500-year history of enslavement of people of color here. But that's another day, another podcast. Yeah. But the point is, you're, you got it right, which is we change or die. And if we lie, we don't change. So you end up seeing the connection between the pretense and the lie and all the comfort that surrounds it yes. to us being stagnant or flat-footed when things around us are changing. And there will come a point where you will run up against customers that will be more conscious than you are and uh, you'll run up against uh, participants in your systems that will be more conscious than you are if you're flat-footed. And that's when you'll lose your demographics, you'll lose your opportunities because people will not embrace something that is that obsolete. Now, there's, there's, there's a mixed message currently, but if you look where things are going, we don't have anybody sitting in an elevator hand operating an elevator anymore. Exactly. We're not, we're not going back to the age of, you know, uh, our grandparents plowing a field with just a hoe. The right. world has changed in dramatic ways that we're not going back to. Now, if you think about it, it's a dumb idea to be uh, about any kind of arbitrary supremacy over any group. If you take a large sample size, you're going to get diversity in any group. So wisdom and foolishness is widely distributed across black, white, Latino, <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's a real simple concept to let go of. Why are you hugging? <laughs> Why are people <laughs> hugging onto that concept? They're dummies everywhere. Yeah. And they're and they're wise people everywhere. Exactly. It's just a matter of you paying attention. And so it's just a matter of us letting go of hugging an idol. So you hug the idol, and then you got people all over the world bleaching their skin trying to look white. That's idol worship. You've got people gearing up in organizations where there's the leadership chain is white. But the people, the worker bees are not. That's idol worship. And, I agree. Well, we could go on and on and on and on and on about this, but I want you to have your call to action to talk. How can people reach out to you, uh, get coaching from you, mentoring, leadership development in their organizations? Folks need help. 
All right. Well, the, the quote the famous uh, Dr. Amos Wilson used to say that part of our problem is people have gotten comfortable in orbits being relatively mindless and yes. routinely conditioned to yeah. be comfortable and occasionally excited by mostly nonsense. Yeah. So if people really want a substantive uh, in conversation with the consultant resource, then look up www.tagaconsulting.com, T-A-G-A consulting.com, stands for Thomas A. Gordon and Associates. And uh, they'll, they'll be able to contact me at tgordon at tagaconsulting.com, reference that they uh, learned about me at this podcast. I will get back to them within 24 hours and we'll be underway. If you're not conditioned and excited by nonsense and you're interested in a transformative future that advances life for your organization and for the world, we're here to serve you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Thomas. This is one of those, um, uh, I believe everything happens for a reason. Yes. And I believe this conversation was providential. No accident. Uh, no accident. A divine, I would dare say. And I look and forward to working with you again because you can see we are partners in the deepest sense of the word, which is people who share your mindset and yes. who are committed to modeling what they're thinking about and oh, messages so it to excited. the world. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Look forward to working <laughs> with you again. Same here. And for all of you who are listening, I hope this truly was the beginning of a true transformation of your life. Here's to your success. Take care, everybody. If you already have a proven business model, but have concerns about the best way to grow and scale, then you should contact the experts at New Day Consulting Systems. New Day uses innovative techniques to 10 times the impact of your business. Your local business can become a regional, national, or international enterprise. New Day Consulting Systems will show you how. For more information and to get started with New Day, visit the website at newdayconsultingsystems.com. One word, newdayconsultingsystems.com. To get your business off the ground and into orbit, contact New Day today. Business Scale Insights with Kimberly Marie Bonner. To get her personal attention to you and your empire, go to businessscaleinsightsnetwork.com. That's businessscaleinsightsnetwork.com. And tune in again next week for more from Kimberly Marie Bonner with Business Scale Insights.